0: Morning and welcome to Soul City Church. How are y'all doing this morning? It's the right answer. Uh, For those of you here and now in our multiple overflow spaces, we're so glad that you're here. If you're maybe watching online another time, so grateful that you are here to hear from God. And that's exactly what we expect to happen, that you're going to hear from God. And you have the opportunity, the invitation to actually change, to be transformed by him today. So I'm so, so glad that you're here. I do want to just comment on the absolutely ridiculous, outrageous weather we had this weekend. It's a sign that God is with us and for us and that he is good. Uh, If you need evidence, there it is. And then I also want to just celebrate all of the women and men who were part of the Women's March yesterday here in Chicago. That was incredible. Absolutely incredible to see uh, around 250,000 folks show up just in Chicago alone uh, yesterday. And I am so grateful to be a part of a church where we have from day one said we value the leadership, the contribution, the giftedness of women. That's been from day one for us. And I want to be really, really clear on this one. Uh, Soul City Church is not a place where we allow women to lead. We expect women to lead here. And I want to be really, really clear about that. And I... That was way better than what you just gave me on that one. So I'm going to try that one again. Soul City Church is not a place where we allow women to lead. It's a place where we expect women to lead. There you go. I just, okay, that felt right. And, and, guys, we expect nothing less of you. We expect nothing less of you. Your gifts, your contribution, your leadership, your voice matters here. It absolutely matters here. We honor God and we honor each other. When we use the gifts that God has given us for the sake of others. And I love that we get to be a part of figuring that out together in community as women and men, I believe it honors God. So very, very fun stuff. All right, today we are in week two of our U.0 teaching series. And the basic idea behind this whole thing is rather than trying to discover something that is true about you out there, that you would actually uncover what is already true of you in here, that God has actually created and wired you uh, to be. So it's not about going out there to find something, it's about uncovering who God actually already made you to be. And today we're going to look at how it is that you grow. How do you become the person that God actually created you to be, a person who is growing, a person who's actually growing into more and more and more the image, the reflection of God in and through you. We're going to look at that today. Now I want to show you something that I think might have the power uh, to change your life, something very, very powerful, beautiful, Um, and I want to just give you a second to behold uh, this picture. That's me at age seven. So I just want you to take in all of the glory of that awesome picture. Uh, first of all, dope turtleneck. I just want to say right now, that turtleneck is amazing. Also, I didn't always comb my hair, but when I did comb my hair, I used a wet rock apparently to do that because it's not so much stylish. And you may notice that my front teeth are missing in that, uh, that picture. You know, if you can see that, um, you'll be happy to know they eventually did grow back in. And, uh, and I think you kind of expect that, right? We expect that. Our daughter is missing her two front teeth right now, and we're expecting, we're counting on those to grow back in because you have, whether you realize it or not, you have an assumption. In fact, I'd even say you have an expectation that kids grow up, at least physically, that kids grow up, right? We have an assumption expectation that that's what happens, that kids actually grow into adults, In fact, it's a good rule of thumb that everything in the natural world that you will come into contact with, in fact, let me say it even more specifically, everything God creates, he creates to grow. Now, we create all kinds of things, buildings, cars, all kinds of things. Lots of stuff we create cannot grow on itself. Everything God creates, he creates to grow. And so what we want to look at is, how is it that you grow? And more specifically, who is it that you are growing into? because you're already growing, whether you realize it or not. The question is, in what direction? Into whom are you becoming? Who are you currently growing into? Who is that person? And is it who you actually want it to be? Is it who God created you to be? See, a lot of this actually, ultimately, is entirely up to you to do the work of uncovering who God has created you to be. And so what we want to do today is look at a way that you can actually contribute, be a part of your growth, your spiritual growth. And it has a lot to do with where you plant your roots. It has a lot to do with where... You plant your roots. And I promise you, I actually can make this promise with total confidence that if you get what we're talking about, what God has for you today, and you apply it to your life starting today, like this year, I promise you, you will grow more this year than you ever have in any other year of your life. If you get this principle that we're about to walk through today of who God created you to be and how it is that you grow in and with him. So if you would grab a Bible, please, and turn to John 15, both in this room and all our overflow rooms, grab a Bible and turn to John 15, grab a pen, we're going to circle a couple of things that are important for us to pay attention to, jot down some notes if you want to. It's on page 752 in the Gray Bible, if you, if you don't have a Bible, you can grab this and turn to page 752. We'd love for you to read along. Let me give you some context as to where we're at in John chapter 15, New Testament, gospel account, life of Jesus. In fact, in this account of the life of Jesus at this particular moment in John 15, Jesus is just hours away, as far as we can tell, from being arrested, falsely arrested and accused of crimes he didn't commit, ultimately led to the cross, which was God's plan all along, and then raised by God from the dead three days later. This is right before all of that. Right before all of that. And he's with his followers, his disciples. And if you had your last couple minutes, your last couple words to share with them before all of that, what would you want to share with them? What would you want to say? They had all kinds of questions. I think it's fascinating what Jesus chooses to share with them about who they are and how it is that we actually grow. Ever the contextualist, Jesus pulls from the soil of our earthly experience and gives us a metaphor, a picture. To better understand who God is, to better understand who he is, and to better understand who we are and how that all works together. John 15, verse 1. Jesus says this, I am, speaking of himself, I am the true vine. I am the real deal, the true vine that leads to life. And my father is the gardener. So he's kind of letting you know how this works in this metaphor. I'm the vine. My father is the gardener. Now, Jesus uses this imagery of a vine. Very different in his day, Middle Eastern culture, 2,000 years ago, the way that they tended to, they grew vineyards very different from how we think. Maybe you've been to Napa or Sonoma or the vast vineyards of Michigan, and you've kind of seen, we tend to grow our, our, our vineyards up, right? We kind of grow them up, and then we have rows and rows of that. In Middle Eastern culture in that day, they didn't grow up, they grew out. They actually, the vines laid on top of the ground. They just grew on the ground. And so what a gardener would do is plant them about three feet apart each from each other, each of these rows, so that the gardener could walk down the middle and tend to and care for every vine. All of it was done by hand, intentionally. As we're going to see here in a minute, Jesus talks about what the gardener does. But it's important to notice that you have this picture of the gardener down on his knees using his hands. And it's really only in the intimate presence of God that you and I actually have the potential to grow. Now, when the disciples want nothing more to answer to what's next and understandably so, everything's about to change for them. Jesus shows them who they are. And I think the same is true of you and I. Before we can even begin to understand what we're to do with our lives and the hills that we must take and where it is we're supposed to go and what it is we're supposed to be about, we've got to get who you are and who God is and who Jesus is and how we actually all work together for growth. Verse two, he says this. He says, this is what the gardener does. He says, he cuts off every branch in who? In me. It's interesting that Jesus is talking about himself. He says, yeah, this is what he does for me. Same thing as what he does for you. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. This is what God does. Is he he kind of watches and he works and he's cutting and he's pruning and he's caring for and tending to our lives and our growth. Now, just by show of hands, here in our overflow spaces, how many of you would consider yourself at least mildly a green thumb? Like you like caring for plants or you can keep them alive more than a month. Just raise your hands. That's, okay, so that's awesome. That's great. More than the eight o'clock crowd. Awesome. The, the rest of us, plastic ferns for life. It's fine. It's easier that way right? Okay, for those of you who know a little bit about gardening or about keeping plants, you know probably already what pruning is. A lot of us don't. It's a misunderstood practice that's actually critical and essential for growth of a plant or of a vine like this. The first thing Jesus talks about is obvious to us. Anything that does not lead to life, the gardener cuts off. Any part of any branch that's coming out that is attached to us that isn't leading to life, he cuts it off. Why? Why is that so important? Because those kind of branches that aren't bearing fruit are actually taking the life, the nutrients, the water from the rest of the plant for themselves and they have nothing to show for it. My hunch is there are some things in our lives, in your life, that are like dead branches that are sucking the life out of you, Yes? That all of us have things that have attached themselves to us or we've attached ourselves to that may not look dead on the surface, but they are not bearing fruit for your life. And they're drawing away the life that you so desperately need in Christ. Think about an unhealthy relationship. It's one of the easiest ones you can point to. You ever had an unhealthy relationship in your life? Someone in your family or someone you were dating where you can just, you give so much time and attention, a disproportionate amount of time and attention to just try and keep the peace, to just try and make things right. Do you see how that can just draw life away from the other life-giving relationships that you actually may have in your life? Think about things like bitterness or jealousy or envy, how you look at someone else's life and you look at what they have and you want what they have. And if you can't get what they have, you will knock them down for having it to make yourself feel better. You can exert a lot of energy online looking at everyone else's pretty little life wanting it to be yours and miss the life God actually has for you. Fear, anxiety can be branches that we attach ourselves to that draw the life away from us where we're so worried kind of living out there, living in our what ifs and missing what is right here, right now, today. It can draw the life, suck the life right out of you. Do you see how all of us have those things in our life? Jesus says, here's what God does because he loves you. He cuts those things out. Now, it may not always feel good, may not always be fun, and God does it in lots of different creative ways for each of us. But that's what a good and loving gardener does. He's gonna help get rid of anything in your life that's keeping you from truly living. And Jesus uses this image. He says that he prunes those things Branches in me that are bearing fruit. And pruning is what you do kind of after a fruit comes, you cut the branch back a little bit so that the next season it actually grows even more, so that more fruit will come in the next season. And so it's really interesting that even when things are growing in our life, sometimes it feels like maybe it's not going as well as we thought, or man, it feels like why isn't God blessing this more in my life? Sometimes it's because you're in the middle of a pruning. And you won't know till next season the work that God was doing in this season. See, this is what God does. He lovingly tends. you. He doesn't just kind of let you grow wild. He lovingly cares for and tends to your life. Jesus goes on to say this in verse three. He says, you're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you, referring to his disciples. He's like, you, you know, basically you get this. You get where I'm going, what I'm talking about here. Verse four, he says this. Now, this is really important. We're going to watch this repeat again and again and again in this, these next couple of verses. Jesus says, remain in me or abide. Maybe your translation says abide in me or stay in me. Remain in me as I also remain in you. He says, no branch can bear fruit by itself. You can't do that. I mean, how many of you have ever seen just a branch laying on the side of the road just with a beautiful oranges growing off? It It does we all know that, right? Jesus knows that we know that. He says, it doesn't work that way. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Jesus is telling his disciples something that he'd actually told them already before. He's telling us something that we need to absolutely get that the greatest strategy for growth in your life is far simpler than you might even know. That the greatest strategy for growth, if you were to implement into your life in 2017, you would see yourself grow spiritually unlike any other year in your life. This is the strategy, Jesus' strategy for growth. Are you ready for it? Grab a pen, you might wanna write this down. It's one word, stay. Just Stay in me stay remain abide in me now it seems so simple but just think about your life your everyday life we are more action we're living in an action-oriented culture we're more distracted than ever pulled in more directions than in any other time in human history and all we want to do is go 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 and all we hear jesus say here is stay just stay stay just stay, just stay with me. Before you grow, you have to get this. You have to stay. The vine knows what it needs to do. The gardener knows what he needs to do. Here's all you need to do. Stay rooted in, connected to me. You will not, you cannot grow if you're always on the go. It just doesn't work that way. There's something about staying in the loving presence of Jesus that allows you to actually grow into who he created you to be. Verse five, he says this. Now he keeps repeating it because he really wants us to get this. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, again, it's in, it's in, this intimate relationship with him. You will bear much what? You will bear much fruit, that there will actually be fruit in your life. But he says, apart from me, remember, apart from me, a branch laying on the side of the road, apart from me, you can actually do nothing. See, this is the beautiful thing that Jesus, the picture, the bigger picture that he's given us is that you were not only created by God to grow, you were actually created by God to bear fruit, that there's actually a good from God that grows through you that is for others in this world. That's what fruit is. It's this good thing from God that grows in and through you and comes out of you for the benefit of others when you stay connected to him. And it's all about what you're rooted to. Your fruit is directly connected to your roots. Your roots, ultimately, honestly, you could say it this way, your roots determine your fruit. The roots that you plant yourself to determine the fruit of your life. Now, think about it for a second. I know it sounds like Dr. Seuss, but just think about it for a second. What you plant yourself to is what you grow into. So let's just play this way. I have a friend who's uh, at a stage in his career where it is really taking off. I mean, like this is stuff he's prayed for, worked for for years. And he's in a season where he just keeps getting opportunity after opportunity and he's killing it at every opportunity and they keep giving him more and he's advancing. It would be really easy for him in this season to plant himself into his career and say, this is really, if I could just kind of build this, if I can build my life on this, and I've always dreamed of doing this, and, and it would be really easy to kind of dig his roots into his career and, ha- and find his identity, find his security, find his kind of place in the world out of that. It'd be really easy to do. Think about, you know, money. money would be one that's really easy to plant yourself into. If I just had more money, if I just had enough money, if I could just get a little bit more money, and so you can kind of root yourself into the pursuit of money and what it is, the number that you think you need. But here's the deal that some of you have already found out. These are moving goalposts. I've never met anyone who says, "You know what? I'm good." I don't need any more money. I'm going to hold right here. It's always more. It's always more. It's always more. And if you root yourself into the pursuit of money, you will find yourself being driven by nothing else. And you'll find yourself either being stingy or living out of scarcity or whatever it may lead to. Take something good like family. Family. You can root yourself and plant yourself in a family. It's a good thing, right? I really want to be married because I really want to have a family and then we get married and I really want to have kids and so then we have kids and now we really need a bigger house because now we have more kids than we planned on and so now we really need to get a house but now we need to get into a better school district so now we really need to get better. Now we need a yard at the house with a better school and you see how none of these things are bad in and of themselves but when you root and plant your identity in them, they become the thing that you live for and you might miss opportunities Opportunities or callings that God has for you because all you can see is your family. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying be mindful of what you root yourself to because your roots determine your fruit. We'll end with a little bit lighter one. How about this? Your image online, your perfectly crafted, curated little life online, so well-filtered, and it's so easy, all your beautiful shots, you eat the most beautiful food and there's always white in the background. And it's, am- it's amazing, you just happen to be standing in front of that wall at that moment. I don't know who takes all of your pictures, but someone is there taking your pictures. You see, you can root yourself into your identity online and ultimately what that is, it's about acceptance and approval from others and you can root yourself in that. And just like money, it will never be enough. And here's the other thing that I think maybe you already know. There is someone out there cooler than you. You will never corner that market. Jesus says, rather than root yourself in any of those things, root yourself in me. Plant yourself in me. Because here's the deal. Every single one of those things will fade, could fail you, could fall apart. Root yourself in your career. What happens when you lose your job? The market turns. Root yourself in your finances. What happens when a deal goes bad and all of a sudden the life you've built for yourself, you cannot sustain, sustain for yourself any longer? Root yourself in a relationship. What happens if that relationship were to end? Or if they weren't to no longer be around? Root yourself in your image online. What happens when someone else comes cooler than you or no one really cares about your brand anymore? Jesus says everything else like that. Everything else like that. It's fine. It's good. But ultimately, it has the potential to fail you, to fall apart. And then what? And then who are you? Jesus says, root yourself in me, the one who will never forsake you, never forget you, never fail you. And you will actually grow. You will actually bear fruit. You will become all of who God created you to be. But if you remember back in verse five, Jesus gave us a warning just as clear as the promise that he gave. He said, stay in me and you will grow and you will bear fruit. But he had another warning for us. Stray from me and you will find your life disappointing, disconnected, disillusioned, and ultimately not who God created you to be. Stay with me and you actually will grow. You'll bear fruit. You'll become who God created you to be. It will happen over time. May not happen overnight. It will happen over time. But stray from me and you will find your life feeling very disconnected. It'll end up being all about you and you'll go looking for some other place to plant yourself or root yourself into. You just simply cannot grow on your own. So Jesus says it again, verse six, if you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. Tell us how you really feel, Jesus, all right? So he's serious about this. Verse seven, if you, here it is again, third time, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, my teaching, my way remains in you. Now listen to this, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now a quick word on that phrase there, ask whatever you wish, because that probably got your attention. (laughs) And it's easy to think like, oh, wow, all I got to do is kind of stick around with God and it's kind of a genie in the bottle sort of thing and I can ask for whatever I want and he'll give it to me and my hunches, you already know that that's not actually what Jesus is talking about here. What Jesus is saying is when you are in me, rooted in me, planted in me, and I am in you and it's my life flowing through your veins, it's my way and my will working itself out in your life, when you ask for things, they will actually already be in the flow of God's will and God's desire for your life. That's what Jesus is talking about here. When you're at that level of rootedness, your asking actually aligns with the will of God for your life. And you'll know even when you ask, God, I don't know if this is from you or not. I'm just gonna put it out there. But you'll know when you find yourself praying for others that you care for, when you find yourself praying that God would grow greater self-control in you, greater peace in you, this asking aligns with the will of God for you. Your life. It's a powerful thing when you're living in sync, in flow with God. And that only comes from when you plant and root yourself in Him. Could it be that all of our struggling and striving to craft and create a life for ourselves in the shallow soil of, of self will and determination ultimately ends up leaving us empty and exhausted? Could it be that Jesus is offering you, he's offering me a better way, a simpler way, a more powerful way for us to become who he created us to be? Could it be that the most important thing you can do for your spiritual growth is to root yourself as deeply to God as you possibly can, to connect yourself and to commit yourself to him as much, as often, as possible, and to stay with him no matter what storms or seasons come, to not just jump ship when it gets hard or when he pulls the pruning shears out, but to stay and say, God, I believe you actually are going to do a greater work in me and through me, that I will become more of who you created me to be if I just stay through this difficult season, if I just stay, God, through these circumstances that I would not have chosen. I am committing to connecting myself, to rooting myself to you. And I believe when I do, I will become who you created me to be. That's the invitation. So how do you do it? How do you actually root yourself for spiritual growth. Where can you begin this week to root yourself for spiritual growth? I want to offer you a homework assignment in kind of like, like a multiple choice homework assignment. So you can kind of pick which of these or all of these uh, that you want. A couple thoughts for how you can root yourself, plant yourself for spiritual growth in your life. First is, I would encourage you, one of the best ways for you to learn the practice of staying, of rooting yourself, of remaining, of abiding in God is to carve out some space for silence and solitude in your life. So here's my invitation. You might wanna jot this down. Can you, for five minutes, five times this week, just sit and be still in the presence of God? That's it. Now, it sounds simpler and easier than it actually is but can you five times this week sit for just five minutes? And I'd encourage you to not like try and do it in the shower or while you're walking to work. I mean like a sacred little space that you carve out for yourself, like before the kids get up or maybe after everyone's gone to bed, or you can just have that special little chair that you sit in and you just sit for five minutes and rest in the reality that God is actually wanting to work in you and through you. And if that kind of you find yourself getting too distracted, then bring a Bible along with you. And here's what I wanna encourage you to do. Go to John 15 right away and I want you to read it for five minutes. Just read the passage over and over again and let these words become truth to you and for you that this is actually what God is doing as you sit and stay and choose to be with him. That's, that would be one way of doing that. What a great way to root yourself to him. Another I would recommend, suggest to you, is to uh, switch what you're taking in. Um, Instead of, like, and we've talked about this before at Soul City, rather than sort of listening to the radio or to whatever playlist or podcast you're going to listen to, to, for this week, to choose to let worship music be the only thing that you let enter in. And my wife, Jeannie, is an amazing at this. Like she wakes up in the morning and there's already worship music in the bathroom going while she's getting ready. And then I get down for coffee and somehow it's playing in the kitchen as well. She's just got surround sound worship going on in our house. And why is that so important? Because I love podcasts. I'll listen. I want to get more insight and more information. And what it does is it settles my heart and makes me aware of the presence of God before I even start my day. What a gift to me personally, to our family that she creates. So maybe this week, you just need to switch. We have I mean, all kinds of resources. We put our playlists up online. If that helps, we have our incredible worship CD that our band put together that you can buy today, you can listen to, and make a switch this week. Make a switch this week to letting what comes in be rooted in God. Last thing I would offer to you, I'd suggest to you, you heard Jeannie mention it a minute ago, is to get yourself around people who are committed to their spiritual growth and to yours. Get yourself around some people who are committed to this kind of work. You greatly increase the odds of your stayingness if you get around some other people who are committed to it too. Significantly increase the odds of your ability to stay with God, to walk with God in season and out of season, whatever storms may come, if you surround yourself with other little branches that are rooted to the same vine. has a massive impact on your spiritual growth. Now, you've heard us talk about small groups and how important those are. I want you to actually hear a story of someone who's chosen to do that in their life and through this church. And so I want you to actually welcome up my friend Cynthia right now she comes forward. So can we welcome Cynthia up right now? Thank you. So, Cynthia, you've been coming to Soul City for how long? Uh,
1: About four months.
0: So you're a veteran around here. So that's awesome. That's amazing. So four months. How, uh, I think it's really interesting how you found or how you came across Soul City. How did you come across Soul City? Yeah.
1: So before coming back to Chicago, I lived in New York for 12 and a half years. And I just happened to be um, having some meetings in the neighborhood, decided that I'd walk around. I was child free, you know, um, so I wanted to really bask in the moment. And and so I saw this beautiful building and it said Soul City Church and said, oh, what a cute little name, right? And so... Thank you. So um, <laughs> then I found, and then there was a mom coming out of the building. She had like four kids, a double stroller, and a latte. And I was like, well, what's going on in there? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm with the mom ministry. You mm-hmm. know, like I identified with that struggle. Um, and I went out, so I just like, my curiosity walked me into the building. I, I totally bombarded the volunteers dealing with something way more important than me. Um, and so then they referred me to Jeremy. Jeremy immediately was like, hey, come to a gathering. And so I was able to come to a gathering before Mm. I left to go back to New York. And I was blown away by the organization and efficiency of Soul City Kids. I don't know if anybody else has had that experience. Mm. But in New York, kind of like what you were saying, the branches that give life, I had been struggling to find a place that could serve my whole family Mm. Um, with ease, right? Mm. Pre-kids, I had used to... I was used to hanging out at church all day, but mm-hmm. after kids, it was tough, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was blown away by, it. I had such a great experience, and I said to myself, hey, if I ever get a chance to move back, this is where I think I'm going to plant myself and see how it goes or how mm. it grows. Right. Mm. Mm. Well. Mm. Mm. Tweet it. Tweet That'll it. Preach. That'll preach. That'll freak, Cynthia. Mm. Hashtag. Mm.
0: How it grows. So, but then you ended up, Shortly, you went back to New York, but then like you were, yeah,
1: it wasn't a knock at the door. It was like a, you know, kick down the door. You're coming back. No job, no savings, no apartment. And, but it was a complete uh, leap of faith and we landed. Uh, But what I did know is that I was supposed to be here. So I was living in my girlfriend's apartment um, with my kids and, uh, but we were coming to service right away.
0: That's amazing. So a month after your first visit here, you were back living in Chicago and showed up here. I remember when you showed up here, ready to roll, ready to go. It's like, hey. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that about you. And I I love even knowing your story a little bit, how God has grown you by your commitment to say, I'm going to plant myself here. How has God been growing you by your commitment to just showing up, to being present to where he's at and what he's doing here at Soul City?
1: Yeah. So immediately I knew I just didn't want to come for gathering. Um, because that's it's fun to have us here for you, right? Like well, yeah, empty I mean, room wouldn't be it was, as fun. No, but I knew I wanted to come moment. for gatherings. But beyond that, how could I serve? How could how can I be used? And so um, I was referred upstairs to Soul City Kids. I had previously worked on a youth ministry, so it was um, it was a place. And I literally said to Rachel upstairs, I said, "Wherever you need me, hmm. uh, you need the garbage taken out." Toilet paper needs to be Mm. changed. What what is it? Because there's no glam restriction on service Mm. in my eyes. And so Mm. I said, wherever you need me. They needed somebody in the lobby. If you can't tell, I don't mind talking to strangers. And um, (laughs) so, but I take the job seriously. And I do, just like you had preached last week, how do we create bridges, not walls, mm. and to me, I feel like it starts every day when you make eye contact and you say hello to somebody. You don't mm. know what, what's going on with them, or mm. if they're struggling with their ch- child upstairs, mm. I immediately go into that moment and say, hey, anything I can do, mm. I understand.
0: Well, I love, Cynthia, how the, one of the things that you were kind of most impressed by in your first visit was the place that God led you back to serve and that God is really bearing fruit. If you've ever been upstairs in the lobby and seen Cynthia, I mean, you instantly feel war- like the warmth, the love, acceptance, your kind of nerves drop a little bit because you get it. I mean, you're single mom, like you get, you know, what it means to be raising kids in the city. And so it's amazing that God... Brought you back to that place, and that there's already fruit coming out of that. I know another big thing for you that you said has been a part of the way God is growing you in this season is by rooting yourself into a small group. And tell us just a little bit about the the moms group, the working moms yeah. group that you got plugged into. Yeah, so
1: I signed up for the working moms group because part of my journey back to Chicago was to get more support with my kids. And so with this extra free time, I said, "Okay, God, where do you need me?" And here I am thinking, "Oh, small group, that's cute. Like, let me just join that moms club." Uh, mm. But it wasn't really that. At, mm. It is this place where you can plant yourself and grow, right? Yeah. Um, if we align ourselves in these rows, how can we get a reflection of ourselves, right? Yeah. Or feedback on how we're doing in our growth pro- process. Mm. But if we're in a circle, mm. I can see you, you can see me. I can even hear myself, right? Mm. Every week to week, what am I struggling with? in my christ like walk, Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's been transformational. I walked in thinking I was just going to give, but when I was in tears, like three sessions in, Mm -hmm. um, I realized, wow, this is powerful. They're pointing to me, and to have a circle of of folks who are praying for you, like, you know, Mm -hmm. week to week, that's just powerful.
0: Yeah, and I know for you, part of it was, there was childcare kind of set up for your girls, and when that last small group session ended, they were not happy about it.
1: Right, they were like, wait, no, 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 we're supposed to be there, Monday at seven, I said, we're taking a break, babies. <laughs> Let's practice that. Let's practice breaking, okay? <laughs> but yeah, they were all in. They, they awesome. loved coming every week.
0: And now you are going to be a leader, an apprentice leader mm-hmm. in that
1: yeah, Group. which is, which is crazy because they didn't tell me that to like the, like the final week. Yeah. Hey,
0: they just, right before you walk out, yeah. you're a leader.
1: Yeah. Well, they yeah. they, yeah, they told me how, um, you know, it was really meant for me to be there and they were just yeah. so glad that they were able to offer childcare for that.
0: I love it. So I want you to, uh, hopefully you'll get to see and know Cynthia Moore around our church, but this is a small picture, like hundreds of thousands of others around our church of what it looks like when you commit yourself and root yourself to God and the growth and the fruit that comes from that. It's a beautiful picture, isn't it? So thank you, Cynthia, Thanks. so much. Grateful for you. So you've heard, I mean, that's like, what a great setup, right? For if you've never done small groups before, uh, what, a, I, what a great opportunity for you to check it out to sign up today, like right now online or to go out in the lobby afterwards. If you have done it before, you know how important it is. My hunch is you've already signed up again this round um, because this, it's so important, as Cynthia just pointed out, that we can have a space where we can get others around us that help us connect to and stay committed to the life-saving, life-changing, life-transforming love of Jesus. And that's our hope and desire for everyone here that you would experience that and know that personally for yourself. And so what I wanna do is ask you to stand. We're gonna close our time together today by singing and naming and calling out that beautiful, that wonderful, that powerful name of Jesus, the one who's invited us to stay with him. So will you join me in prayer right now? Jesus, we love you and we thank you for the invitation that you've given us. It's not complicated. You didn't give us 10 steps And he gave us a whole bunch of different strategies. You said, just stay in me, stay rooted, stay connected to me. And God, I pray we would. And God, I pray for anyone here who has not yet made that commitment that they would be drawn in by your love, by this community, by the gospel, by the cross and an empty tomb that says that all are welcome here and all can have new life in you, true life in you. So thank you that you created us to grow. Help us to grow into who you created us to be. That's our prayer. That's our desire. And so we love to sing and to call out and to name the one who makes it all possible, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's in your name that we pray and we sing. Amen.